Welcome to Shift Everything, the podcast that challenges the status quo in education and pushes for change to make the impossible become possible. Here's your host, Executive Director of West 40 and President of the Illinois Association of Regional Superintendents of Schools, Dr. Mark Kleisner. Jeff, thank you for being here today and agreeing to meet and chat a bit about some of the current issues in, in education. I'm really thrilled you're here and I look forward to our discussion. Well, thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, I am a communication specialist. I have a background in uh, the education industry, having been a former radio reporter. So I'm aware of, of what goes on with school districts. And it's a pleasure to talk with you today. Great. Thank you again for being here. I look forward to our conversation about educator shortage and kind of some of the things that are happening here in Illinois and, and really across the country relative to educator shortages. And I appreciate you being here for this conversation. Thank you, Mark. It's great being back here with you. So about the teacher shortage, I mean, this is a big uh, push that uh, your association is doing is, is assessing the teacher shortage in the state. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what was happening right before the pandemic hit and now right after? And we're coming up on the eve of the um, introduction of your report. So where are we with the teacher pandemic in the state? Well, thank you for that. Uh, so, Jeff, as you know, we've been wrestling with the teacher shortage for a number of years. And we've actually, our study has been an annual study now. This is our fifth year. And I'm very proud to say that the quality is, is such that other educational professionals are seeking us out. Last year, when the State Board of Education um, initiated a task force, they asked IARSS, where was our latest study and could we present our data? Um, part of the reason of that, Jeff, is that in Illinois, we have 852 school districts and our studies have had between 70 and 75% response rates, which means we're able to pull together and aggregate data from all over the state and be able to share that with decision makers. So yes, we've had some longitudinal data to look at and I'm, I'm sad to report that it continues to be a crisis level uh, problem in Illinois and other states, uh, that the, the situation is getting worse, not better. And a year ago, we had over 4,000 unfilled educator positions in the state of Illinois. Uh, that's why I continue to use the word crisis. So no one anticipated a pandemic coming, um, but we already had a crisis in place. The pandemic hit, and for a number of reasons, uh, educators now are wondering, or have been wondering for half a year, what the future holds. Um, there are lots of questions about things like pedagogy. How much are we gonna be doing remotely? How much are we gonna do in person? What do those spaces look like? Uh, what does the delivery look like? And teachers are very concerned about student outcomes. So what do student outcomes look like if a measurable percentage of that student's learning takes place in their living room on a computer? So teachers are wrestling with the profession as a whole. Um, it's very 
uh, accurate to say that we as teachers didn't sign up for this. We never planned on teaching month after month after month via Zoom. Um, I know in other conversations you and I have had, I have celebrated the creativity and successes of teachers, and those are amazing and wonderful. However, it's not what we signed up for. It's not what we were trained for. In the regional offices, we're working very, very hard to provide things like training on remote learning or on trauma. Uh, we know our kids have been going through some terrible things. Uh, social, emotional learning. We're trying to equip teachers while they are providing education to students. So across the board, when you ask about the pandemic, we had a number of challenges going into last March, which have only been exacerbated by the challenges we felt the last 10 months or so. Um, we see the numbers are, are not strong. Uh, we know there's a, a large percentage of, of teachers who were within a narrow window of retirement who are communicating they would rather choose to retire than to either come back under these circumstances or possibly you know put themselves in jeopardy um, you know not knowing what the future holds in terms of the pandemic itself so there are those people in that last phase of their career who are making some really difficult uh, really difficult uh, decisions that's more empty seats um, making the shortage even more impactful on our schools. And so we had a shortage. There are a number of reasons that people are considering either not staying in or not continuing in the profession, which means the uh, crisis situation is only getting worse, not better. So who is partnering with you to really get in depth on this and, and look at what those causes are? Why aren't people coming into the profession? Um, great. And I think you know me well enough, Jeff, that I, I talk about we're always stronger together. Um, in this particular case, there are a couple key factors. Uh, we have been working very closely with the State Board of Education. The regional offices in Illinois are experiencing probably the most uh, healthy, strong, collaborative relationship with the, with the State Board that we've ever known. And that Stronger Together is fabulous. To do a teacher shortage study or an educator shortage study, uh, we knew that we could bring connections and relationships and voice from across the state, but we wanted to partner with a research institution. So we partnered with uh, Goshen Consulting, and they are our data folks, but we're also working very closely with Illinois State University and the leadership uh, division there and helping us ask the right questions and helping us develop policy recommendations and briefs based on the data. And so we have data people, we have policy people, we have research people, and we have a strong cadre of educators all at the table talking about uh, what does the shortage look like? Let's capture the data. Um, the second question is how do we make that data usable to the field. And uh, so we've been working this year on launching a dashboard that people could actually access and, and work on the data. And then thirdly, the question is, so what? What does this mean? And so as we look at our data, 
what kind of policy briefs and recommendations can we make to decision makers in the state, whether that's legislators or um, the State Board of Education or the, uh, the divisions uh, at, at ISBE. We believe we have some value add there in terms of um, directing the conversations, but also the decision making. Part of the reason we really pushed this year to publish around the beginning of December was so that we could have the dashboard and the data in the hands of legislators as they went into the spring legislative session, as the governor and the state board were developing their budgets in the spring, that if we're gonna have an impact, we need to get that data in the hands of people who can use it at the time of year when they're starting to set policy and plan for the future. Um, so that was kind of the timeline that led to when we wanted to release to, to impact all three of those uh, different components of our study. So let's take a step back a minute and look at the problem as a whole. What kind of challenges moving forward do you see in attracting students to the industry or to the profession, excuse me, to the profession? And what can you do to incentivize people to become teachers and educators? So if I had that answer, <laughs> right. I, I, I could uh, you know, make a million dollars tomorrow. <laughs> I think what I'd like to share with you is what I have heard both through our studies and um, through conversations uh, around the state. That in many cases, some uh, education and, and teaching as a profession has lost some of its uh, respect some of its even uh, glamour that, that 40, 50 years ago, people wanted to grow up and be a teacher. And in my opinion, there have been a number of factors. Um, some of those are financial. Some of those are kind of in the basket of accountability, where teachers will tell you that they've lost the ability to be creative, that they would love to do um, engaging, innovative, sparky kind of uh, educational experiences for students. And yet, as we went through a phase um, in the 2000s when we were addressing No Child Left Behind, there was a, a lot of discussion about test scores and accountability. And um, at that time in our history, the, the federal legislation used the word failure. And so um, what, what I mean by that was under No Child Left Behind, you were measured against the percentage of students that were meeting standards. If you did not hit that bar, you were a failing school or a failing district. And those were federally dictated terms that were used. Well, if you imagine a whole country listening to the news and hearing that, oh, well, that district's failing, and now that district's failing, and that school's failing. Um, it sent all the wrong messages. And so I think people, as they were growing up, why would I be a teacher if it's all over the news that these that were failing? Um, so it sent really wrong messages. And so then, as we came out of No Child Left Behind, we were really drowning in standardized tests, and labels and 
Um, and we had a new form of teacher evaluation come in, which was called performance evaluation. <laughs> and that performance evaluation was right on the heels of these discussions about failing or not failing. And in fact, the rhetoric behind that, Jeff, was um, there are too many teachers getting, getting uh, excellent ratings. There can't be that many excellent teachers. So again, we had this air of kind of disapproval of teachers. And we're very concerned in the profession that the next generation grew up in those kinds of uh, discussions or surrounded by those kinds of terms, which would not inspire them to want to be teachers of the future. I think that that set the stage for, um, for those who were trying to choose uh, whether or not they were going to be teachers. And we have seen the pipeline drying up, that students, young people are not electing to be teachers. The other thing they hear, I mentioned finances. Um, it's well known that teaching is not a high paying profession across the state. And so if you're talking about going to college and student debt and then going into a profession that may not be appreciated across the board and you're not going to be paid well, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, to think that people would be lining up to, to be the future teachers. Plus you have the situation like the pandemic with health issues, as you mentioned earlier, that, you know, teachers need to feel secure where they are teaching, where they're working. And uh, it is forcing some early retirements too. Uh, there's a lot of factors involved with this crisis situation. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, and perhaps a discussion for another time, but there are a lot of us having conversations about how to address it. I don't know that we can fix the educator shortage, but we're looking at creative ways to help um, people who are interested in being teachers, people who are excited about being part of the future. Uh, we're looking at creative ways uh, to assist those folks in following that dream and at the same time addressing the need of the educator shortage. So there are valuable conversations going on. There are a lot of people talking about what might be helpful, what could be helpful, what will be helpful. Um, and we believe it at, in the regional offices and in IRSS that that's the main push behind why we want to do an educator shortage study. So we can provide good data from across the state to facilitate meaningful conversations that will then eventually have a diff make a difference, have an impact um, on the teaching profession and thereby to our schools, to our kids, um, to the future of our state. Uh, we think that we have something to offer and we look forward to publishing here in the very near, near future. I look forward to talking with you further about this crisis situation as the report comes out and we'll get a better feel of what the final results are. Great. Thank you for being here today, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Shift Everything, the education podcast that challenges the status quo to push for change. We know we can't change the system alone, so we want to hear your thoughts and bold ideas. To join the conversation, email us at shifteverything at west40.org.